part of the program where I talk. All right. <laughs> About sports. <laughs> yeah. Things going on in sports. Welcome back to the radio, everybody. Nebraska ball on the road tonight at Ohio State. Big game, 5.30 dinnertime special. I love it. Nebraska baseball in Charleston to face the College of Charleston, hence they're in Charleston, right under Drew Christo on the hill for the Huskers. We talked about him earlier in the week. Yes. He's good. He had a good. He had a great outing. This would be uh, even bigger if you can go from last Thursday's outing to another quality start. Yeah. Uh, a one o'clock if you'd like to take in a baseball game on the radio. Nebraska, or no, we're at wrong school here. Uh, five Blue Jays finished in double figures as Creighton Boat races Seton Hall 85-64 at the Blue Hole that is the Chai. Yeah, it's called the Blue Hole. The Blue Hole. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. It's hostile, man. Yeah, it you is. go there, you're going to get the business. Yeah. Ryan Kalkbrenner scores 23 <laughs> points. He was good. Uh, they were all good. Baylor Shireman adds 20 and 11 while eclipsing 1,000 points at Creighton to become the 11th man in D1 history to score 1,000 points at multiple schools. Dude's a stud. They're all studs. Trey Alexander, 15 points, career high, 10 assists. The victory improves the Blue Jays to 21 and 8 on the season, 12 and 6 in the Big East. Seton Hall falls to 18 and 10 overall. It's actually, and that's what we were talking about. Why it's weird that they didn't show up because they really needed that win. They're very much on the bubble. Yep. They're 11 and 6 in conference action, and they play at UConn Sunday. Remember, they blew out UConn in December. I think Dan Hurley's going to want to yell some obscenities at the visitors. Take UConn to cover and easily. Uh, Creighton moves into third place in the league. Now, if the Big East tournament started today, they would play in a game at 8.30. So if you'd like the Jays to play earlier, I'm speaking for myself. They would. The fans, yeah, they could play at uh, 12.30, right? Well, they'd have to get the one to get. Oh, they'd have to get the one? I yeah, because thought... UConn is the one. They were showing this bracket last night. They would play at 11 o'clock in their game. Uh, oh, the two, I, saw, I, thought I, I thought I saw something the different. The two seed plays at 6, and then, yeah, the three seed would play at 8.30. Okay. So we'll see how it all plays out. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's all fun. Um, Where did the four seed play? Maybe the four seed plays in the uh, afternoon. Uh, yes. Okay. Like that afternoon. maybe that's what I was thinking because the game wasn't done yet. Yeah. So okay, we'll see. Um, Shaka and Marquette Saturday at one thirty at the arena that often gets confused for a rowdy European gym. Omaha men's basketball regular season finale at St. Thomas tonight, 7 o'clock, huge game for the Mavs. That means the women are at home for senior night at Baxter Arena against the Tommies. The program will honor five seniors. That game tips off at 7 o'clock. In the National Basketball Association, LeBron James authors a 21-point fourth quarter comeback by the Lakers to beat the Clippers 116-112. I celebrate every Clippers loss and dance on the grave. <laughs> Uh, and that was the fourth largest quarter, or, or you know, that was the largest fourth quarter comeback in James' 21-year career. He single-handedly outscored Kawhi Leonard and, and the Clippers 1916 in the final frame, including hitting five for eight from three with four assists to close out the franchise's hallway series in dramatic fashion. Why is it called the hallway series? I literally just found this out right now. Wednesday marked the final regular season matchup for the two teams while sharing the same arena. I mean, I knew that. The Clippers will open the new Intuit Dome at the start of next season. Uh, take a look at that online and see that whole deal. Also, the Clippers did unveil new jerseys, and I like it. So there, there's something. I actually do. I like those two. I like the logo. They look like the Clippers, yeah. which I know that's kind of a weird thing to say because they remind you of the bad Clipper teams right. and whatnot. But um, anyway, I hope they lose all the games. The, the compass and with the, the point, the arrow and the compass, and then they have made it into like a C as well. That's a cool logo. It's a real clean, it's clean. sharp it's looking crisp. logo. I like it. Yeah. I could get behind them. Yeah, usually the new logos on, especially when teams try to get too cute. I'm, I'm typically a guy that's like, ah, what was wrong with the old one? But this one is, it's, it's solid. I, I know I don't need to say that much here because it goes without saying to a lot of people here. But I do love me some Tai Lu, but 
I do root against the Clippers every game, not because I root against Ty, but because of a certain player that plays there who I do not oh. forgive, even though my team now has uh, an alien playing for Understandable. Them. Yeah. So not good. Wish him nothing but the worst. All of it. They should come play in the Chai and have the Blue Crew hurl insults at them. Oh. The Lakers are now in the number nine spot of the Western Conference playoff picture at 32-28, just three games behind number five Phoenix with 22 games left to play, and the Suns have been uh, coming on strong here as of late. Hey, congratulations to Shohei Atani, who announced on the yeah. social media yesterday that he is married, so also congratulations on the sex, my friend. The two-way player who moved from the Angels to the Dodgers in December on a record-breaking contract worth $700 million over 10 years wrote on the Instagram the season is approaching, but I would like to announce to everyone that I have gotten married. He didn't specify when. For all he, I mean, I could put something on my Instagram and said, I just want to let everyone know I've gotten married 12 years ago. Hey. It happened. Yeah. That's awesome. And then make a little knock to my friends. And for those of you that took the under, <laughs> although I took the under too. Anyone that knows me <laughs> would understand. Hey. Anyway, the news broke in the middle of the night in North America, but it was late afternoon in Japan where the story immediately became top news item on local television, and you probably would have heard this. Ah! Ah. Shoei Otani got a ring. It's not the ring you're talking about. Here's Nick with the weather. Yeah. Yeah. Why has Shoei Otani already got another ring? We'll tell you tonight at 10. Yes. They've already crowned him. Yeah. He's already been crowned. Good for Shoei. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? I did see something um, that, oh, yes, we'll have to talk more about this and, and not this. Uh, they are talking about a possibility for a 14-team college football playoff starting in 2026. Literally something that nobody has asked for, but yet they're going to do yeah. it. And why do you ask? Probably because they found a way to make even more money. Yes, they did. Because it creates more games? So while You involve two more teams? While we're doing this update, um, Jay on the stream participates with us hi jay good morning jay uh, first of all my football coach got paid yesterday amazing how much money the kansas jayhawks are spending on their football program but the point of his thing 14 team playoff will end the regular season that's definitely something we'll have to dig into uh, and we're gonna have plenty of time to do that but yeah i don't like it i don't like a lot of things about I, yeah it's it's just so funny how we haven't even rolled out the 12 one officially. Yet. Sorry, I mean, we, yeah. we know what the 12 team playoff is going to look like this year. We know, you know, how it is broke down and who gets the buys, the campus uh, games from five through 12, all those things. We know that. And yet we're already ready to move past it. Yeah. It's just, why didn't we go with 14 to begin with? And then once we kind of dig into 14, we're just going to be like, you know what? What's another two? Let's just make it 16. 16 just sounds like uh, that's a good number. That's what they do in the other playoffs. And then it'll be 64. And yeah, then we won't have a regular season. It'll just be one three-month playoff. <clears throat> and uh, finally, right after we got done on this show yesterday, there was a Pete tweet. Thank, thank you. Yep. Uh, Kansas has agreed to a new contract for football coach Lance Leipold that features a significant raise. By the way, follower of our show, Lance Leipold. So uh, congrats to our friend. Uh, he uh, will have an average salary of more than $7 million per year. The new contract does not feature any New Year's in his deal, but it runs through 2029. But the raise from $5 million he made in 23 serves as another sign of Kansas's aggressive commitment to football. Damn right. I've been 
claiming for this since I got there, or just like yelling for this, under Athletic Director Travis Goff there, Rays elevates Leipold to the top three in average salary in the Big 12. Leipold's making nearly three times more than his initial salary at Kansas when he was hired from Buffalo in 2021. He's gone 17-21 and three seasons in Kansas, including 15-11 and 11 with two bowl appearances and appearances in the AP Top 20 in each of the past two seasons, including a win in the famed and historic Guaranteed Rate Bowl in late December. What was he making at UNO? Anybody know? I'm gonna find out when you know had football and and he was uh, he was uh, running the uh, the offense. That there. was before my time. Yeah, I had no idea I'd be living. It's just very very happy for Lance Leipold. One of not Me only too. not only a great coach but one of the good guys too. I mean, friend of the show. Literally, yes. he is a friend of our show. Yes, and I remember having a chance to talk with him during the old Pat Burn show back in the day when I used to host that over at not Johnny but Sammy Sortino's. On this very radio station, we used to have the Pat Burns show for UNO football because we had UNO football as well. That was a thing. Oh, I did not know that. It was great. I mean, I, I knew they had football at UNO. I just didn't know you guys had them. Yeah, on. it was, it was cool. on, uh, I believe it was on 1290. Yeah. Which back then was K-Car, if I remember correctly. But Which yes. All cars all the time. But Lance Leipold was part of that coaching staff. And uh, yeah, to see him... Grow into the the head coach that he is now. It's awesome. Great guy. Great guy. Happy for him. Happy for Kansas. I mean, it, it is. It's an interesting college football world we live in right now where you've got KU that is leading the charge in the conference, not only for basketball, but for football when it comes to facility upgrades and highly investing into your coach, especially know, when Nick. he's dangled uh, in front of a lot of other jobs here in this past coaching cycle. It's like, you know what? Enough's enough. Let's pay the pay him his money. I don't know. The basketball team might be 10-8 and eight in the Big 12. It might be time to declare Kansas a football school. Yep. I've been saying it since 2002. I'm with Gary. Ba- uh, th- that team, I thought with Hunter Dickinson, that was going to be a pretty tough team to beat. Clearly not the case. They are not a great team. They're they're good. They're not great. Without Kevin McCuller, they're extremely beatable. One of my good friends who, uh, you know, it's the equivalent if we were a couple old guys and go to have coffee and solve all the world's problems. We were on the phone the other day, and we said this is a team, uh, the Kansas basketball team, that could either be a first weekend out or go on a run. You just never know. I don't know if they can go on a run. I, I would I would be more... everybody in their bracket... Gets yeah, hurt, yeah, I like mean, if you, if you get a lot of like uh, that or if you get some upsets Because I still place. claim if Ryan Kalkbrenner doesn't get hurt two years ago, Creighton beats Kansas. Well, they, they damn near almost did it without uh, Kalkbrenner, I may, too. I may die on that hill, but I, I really believe that. And you're right. They almost did. That may have been arguably their toughest game. It was. The championship game. Yeah. Which needed assists from the floor giving way on the ankle of uh, <laughs> Baycott. Mondo Baycott, poor dude. I, I would be shocked given the way that Kansas has played right now. Because if Kevin McCuller is healthy one game and then a scratch the next game when you have quick turnarounds you know day in between games i i I get it you know you then you have a week after the weekends or whatever is is kevin mcculler going to be reliable for the amount of games that it would take for kansas to win a national championship i don't think he will be and i think without kevin mcculler that is a completely different team i mean that is a beatable team hell a 16 or a 15 seed could possibly sneak up and beat kansas when they look the way that they look at times without Kevin McCuller. So that's something to watch. I would be stunned if they go on a run. I wouldn't be stunned if they are a one-and-done team or, and a, or record, make it out of the first weekend. Before anybody accuses me of being a homer, uh, without seeing the brackets, obviously, 
Um, as of right now, I would probably have them losing the second round or the Sweet 16. Well, and everybody always says, like, every time they come to Omaha, they always win and they always go far. Well, the one year they lost to Wichita State. That's right. I forgot about that, was that the, one. That was the Kelly Oubre team. That was, it was okay. They didn't just get beat. They got their ass kicked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wichita State, they were they were whooping it up. And it was their Super Bowl. Marshall's wife. Greg Marshall was uh, Grand Marshall uh, of the parade Marsh- in Wichita. Yeah. And where's he now? I, Where I, are they now? I believe Greg Marshall's wife was making lasting impressions to Everybody. all of the other fans there, right. too. We used to live in Wichita. Trust me, we knew all about her. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And where's that program now? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I don't even know where they are. Where's Greg Marshall now? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Talk about... Hey, it, but it, congratulations on your win in 2015. It was funny. We were talking about Lance Leipold um, being a pretty highly sought after coach. I think, and I don't know, like when it came to like the Alabama job and then you had the trickle down effect of, okay, then the Washington job and all the other jobs that sort of came open during that cycle, besides just what the Nick Saban retirement domino effect was his name. I don't know how serious there were some nerves with the Washington job. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that there was probably some, some significant smoke there. I was sniffing some glue that day and pacing. (laughs) But when you got it was a guy the wrong that, day that to quit amphetamines. <laughs> Good airplane reference. Mm-hmm. When you have a guy that is going to be looked at, at at about every opening that's considered to be an upgrade, you've already got one thing going for your football program uh, as far as showing the outside investment and that is the facility upgrade. Well then now you're going to pay the coach like a big boy football program would. Yeah, you've you've now made it essentially a major point of I understand if a better job is interested, but would you have it any better than what you have right now? What did Gary say the other day, which was good advice for everybody, all the kids, all of us, is that people don't leave good jobs. Yeah, it, but it, I also it, have said a, everybody has their price. Well, let me ask you this though: you would say, is would Kansas, I leave for seven million the zone? Yes, I would. Is Kansas a good job? You know what? I would say the reason it is a good job, yeah, because it's exactly how I look at Nebraska basketball. Same. Nebraska basketball is a great job for any head coach. And I think Fred Hoiberg is learning this right now, too, because you have great great facilities. Yeah, great arena. Tremendous practice facility is one of the best in college basketball. fun. And you do have a fan base that you do. really does like a true core, similar to how we said at Kansas with football. You had a core group of loyal, dedicated, actual fans. And Gary's talked because he was one of them. It's the same thing with Nebraska basketball: a group of loyal fans that all they want to see is to win one tournament game yeah. and then go from there. But I've always said, hey, you could actually do some nice things in this place but to your point it's because you'll never be the top dog at that school which is not an insult and it's actually kind of a blessing no so it'll be almost pure for example if hypothetically a nebraska basketball went on a run of some sorts it would be pure and people would truly enjoy it and it would be something that they could really take in Uh, at kansas with football it's part of the joy of it is because we understand where we are in the pecking order as far as a a, a fan base and we were i mean i was part of that core group of actual i never missed a football game in college and so and trust me if you've seen the stands many have over the years and it's the same thing where people are it just feels different it feels pure you're on the field after the oklahoma game everybody's happy basketball how it was and it's the same today but it was when i was in school if you beat the worst team in the league by only 10 people were upset people were 
Right. Oh, they're terrible. See, they're not going anywhere. And then it has no bearing on what happens in the tournament. There's so many things that have to happen. But yeah, that's a great point. I, I put them as one and the same. And I say that in a positive way, and I know you are too. Yeah, that's that's why I I look at people want to bring up well the the lack of consistent success. Why would you want to go there? It, it, no one's been able to have sustained success there. Well, okay, that's true. But also, if you look at well, first of all, Kansas and Mark Mangino show that you could. They won a BCS game. People forget. Yes, they did. They beat Virginia Tech, and I'll never I forget don't, that. I don't because I quit drinking two hours before the game because I wanted to remember. That was. I uh, had a friend who did not, and uh, he does not remember. Remember, there was they were ranked number two going into that Missouri game. I didn't forget. And so you have, you you've got okay. So you got a, an example. After that, the thing hit rock bottom for many years, and yes, it did involve a former Husker too, and Turner Gill, but. And my what liver I, thanks him for the damage it did over a couple years. <laughs> but what I what I like about jobs like that and jobs like Nebraska basketball, why I'd say despite not having sustained success, it doesn't mean you can't. And you just need to find the right guy. And the right guy is going to be attracted to that job because you can make some money. Lance Leipold's learning that. Fred Hoiberg and I think every basketball coach that's come through has been paid okay. That You've got a, it, to me, it comes down to expectations. Are there unrealistic expectations that are going to hold you accountable for success? What are people's definition of success for your program going to be? And this is the beauty about being at a basketball school if you're Kansas and being the head football coach there and not having that track record of you know consistent success. Same with Nebraska basketball. Like you said, Jimmy, there is this want for Nebraska to be in the NCAA tournament, <clears throat> of course, every year. But if you could get a win, one win, 68 teams are involved, one win. And then you can build off of that. Oh, my gosh. I'll build you program. a statue. People will be excited for the start of the season, and they'll show up because of that feeling. And, and they've this, been great this and, year. And this is why I give Nebraska basketball fans a lot of credit. I'll give Kansas football fans a lot of credit. When they have success, they don't take it for granted. They don't act like they have been doing this for years. They appreciate it because it doesn't happen every year. And you, That's you exactly act, why we act made the towards, trip you year. act towards the head coach. You act towards the uh, the players accordingly. Yeah, like you really do hold them up on a pedestal because wow, didn't see this coming. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily expect this next year. And you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Even even but even boy, it'd be great if you could. Even if they're consistent, you're like, well, they're going to be good for the next several years. But nothing is ever guaranteed. Uh, my friend and I was telling you about we were talking. We're actually nervous about next year because. Things are going too well. Something's got to, and that's, it's, you're almost always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And Gary said that about Nebraska basketball, and you have too, where you're like, things are going well. Something's got to end. Exactly. And that's what it is. But that's part of the reason why we flew out on Christmas morning. There was no way we weren't going to that bowl game. Mm -hmm. There are some loyal Nebraska basketball fans. If they make the tournament, they're going to do everything in their power to get, and you can even throw Creighton in the fact that if they make a run, there's some fan. We're talking to Tim about following them. You can't take this stuff for granted, and it doesn't matter yeah. where you are. Would be it uh, like we're talking about Kansas football, we're talking about Nebraska basketball. Hell, even this run by Creighton and this group of kids that they have, you can't take it for granted. You can even throw the women's program in there, and so you want to take it all in because you blink and and, and it's gone. 
And you want everything to always be at that level, but you're not guaranteed that. And that's kind of where we are. So I'm enjoying it. I have fun with it. And thus I gloat just a little bit because for so long it, it had been so bad. But I think certain jobs, and I would throw Creighton in there, is going to be a little bit more demanding because of it will what has been put but in place. That's and, credit and to Mac. You, exactly. He what, made it what it is. And, and I'll even give Dane Altman credit for this, too. I'll, I'll he started really it, yeah. give Bruce Raston a lot of credit when he was overseeing the hiring of these coaches, too, is you set up a standard of, okay, you might have a year where you don't make the NCAA tournament, but that's going to be an outlier. That is going to be a year that you're Consistent. spending trying to figure things out so you can come back even stronger the following year. And whether it's in the Missouri Valley Conference mm-hmm. or the Big East Conference, Creighton has set that standard. So their level of Consistent expected success, it's going to be different. You know, it, it really is. But I do think, as we did with Nebraska football in the 90s, Jimmy, one of the things about Creighton basketball, and sometimes I think the the overall crowd and fan support, not fan support, but the overall crowd and its intensity is sometimes in question is because it's a long season and you just expect Creighton to be good. And some days you're just be not good. feeling it. But you just, some but, nights you but, are. But I think, I think there is a sort of sometimes taking what you have in front of you. You have this very nice arena. You have this type of support. You're playing in the Big East. You're going up against top 25 teams and your team is amongst the top 25, that it's easy that when it's consistent like that, it's kind of the double-edged sword of you... You get a little complacent. You do. Fans, not, not, even, not, not, not the team. Not, not, even, a, not even really complacent, but you just, you, you, just sort of, yeah, you just sort of take it for granted of, well, this is what we expect from our team. I mean, that's what it was with the Spurs growing up. Yeah. Even before they were winning championships, certain teams, oh, they got the Clippers tonight. They got Minnesota. It'd be easy win. They got Vancouver. It's, it's not that like winning's... It's not like winning's boring. No. It's just expected. And so it, this is why the UConn game was just amped up because you weren't necessarily in maybe the national media's eyes, given the way that UConn was playing, you weren't expected to win that game. Creighton fans knew that. And so they acted in kind. You did something. That's why it was fun. That was above. Saturday will be the like expectation. That. Yeah. You, you went above, above and beyond the expectation. The ex- expectation is that anybody that's at or below Creighton in the standings at home, you're going to win. Anybody above them, anybody in the top five, top ten, are rated higher than Creighton. Well, if they're rated higher than Creighton, I'm just going to say that, well, we're not supposed to beat them, so we're going to show up. It, but that, in my opinion, that is a sign of, you know, then why aren't you that loud for DePaul? Why aren't you that loud for Butler? To me, that is, you have it good. And sometimes we take it for granted. It doesn't mean like these are bad fans because every fan base does this that has a program they root for that's a sustained winner. Crane's a sustained winner. So their level of success of what they expect is far different than Nebraska. So that's why I'd always say Crane's a good job. But as far as the expectations, you need to hit the ground running. There's really no time to kind of get your stamp on the program. Like, you got to pick up from where the last guy left off, and hopefully for Creighton, that will not happen for many, many years with Coach Mack being here for, you know, as long as he wants to be. Forever. But for Nebraska, I think about having, okay, let's say, you know, Fred decided to move on, or it doesn't work out with Fred, you know, years down the road. Nebraska, just with its, its program history, you're typically going to be given a grace period of being able to come in, get your stamp of program. We understand 
probably won't mean I mean we would love it if you could get us to the postseason but we probably we understand that that's probably going to happen in year two or three there's patience there's built-in patience there always has I think that's a valuable commodity for any coach that is looking for a job as long patience is a great thing it really is but there needs to be the investment into the program that's why I think Nebraska is very unique you have sort of a patient approach to getting things in order to where you could try to set yourself up for sustained success. But they're also going to provide you the resources to do that from day one. Not, well, why don't you kind of figure things out and we will sort of invest accordingly. No. They will do that from day one. Not a lot. And and this is why I bring it back to Kansas. Kansas is acting, Kansas football, Kansas football is acting like a program and they're spending money like a program that is that has sustained success, which people here can appreciate because that's the norm here. Yeah, whatever it takes, we'll take care of. Uh, and I'm, obviously, I'm talking about at Nebraska because you have a loyal group of people. That what can we do? How can we help? Yeah, and and we and that's I know I know that's a different story and that's a different conversation and segment altogether because it's a fan base that really has uh, been beaten up over the past twenty years with the ups and downs. But you still have loyal people like that just want to say hey if we can get consistency we'll do whatever we'll, we'll pay well yep. you see that and, and we talk about that with the people that the, the amount of money they spend to go to the games to travel to make it a deal when you worry and this is in general is when apathy ever sets in and now all of a sudden it doesn't matter it doesn't become a huge part of people's day and so those two programs being uh, kansas football and nebraska ba- basketball there was a time and very recently it didn't matter to people Oh, they played? I didn't even know they had a game. The point is you want to make it must-see and put it in mm-hmm. a similar mindset. I know not similar level that, that for Nebraska basketball, like Nebraska football, to where you're excited for football, as you should be. And, of course, here now you're excited for volleyball. But then once those seasons end, you're excited for basketball and both of them because you know, hey, we're going to be good. This is nice. And we have talked about it on this show when you talk about Nebraska. They'll support everything. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they will, they will Absolutely, support they will. everything, which is I always thought, well, that's very cool. But if you want to sustain that support, that support other than football, football it's its yeah. own thing. Give them sustain hope. that support. You, yeah, you've got to give them something. Give them hope that you know yeah. what we're going to go support these guys because they're going to always have a pretty good team. No, no, how good, but you, we'll be yeah. there. Yeah, you know what? And, and that's we like Fred. That's the other thing about Kansas and in Nebraska, Kansas football and Nebraska basketball that I would also throw as we kind of wrap up this conversation because I, it's a fascinating one because I think there are parallels there. I agree. Is I've said it for years. You look at what. Those teams are, just use this year for an example. You've got to make it so your fans feel like they are, they're going to check out something that they're sort of, whether you want to call it a cool factor or must-see. You're not, but you're right. You're not, you're not like, going to be going, have to be you're there not going to games in February if Nebraska is, you know, second to last in, in, in the Big Ten. You know, you've seen it enough before where it's like, you know what, I got better things to do. You're going to get people there in January. But that thing's going to start tapering off as people get disinterested, unless you are giving them a reason to show up. Case this in team, point, Sunday. That building absolutely. will be rocking, as it should. This doesn't matter who they're playing. This Nebraska basketball team has its flaws. Kansas football. They created a team that's must-watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah, there's some flaws there. Yeah, they might get beat, but guess what? They're fun to watch. They they're, winning more, they're winning more games than they're losing. They're not losing 50-2 to two anymore. Yeah, I want to be there. 
I want to. I want to check them out. I, they're playing a ranked team. They're playing a top fifteen team. I want to be there because they might beat them. You, you know, I, I had tremendous pride in uh, where when uh, my own wife, who diehard Nebraska fan, that's part of the story here. I moved into a family like that, and I always liked them as well growing up. So it's not like I was completely not. You were baptized into it. Yeah, I, I, I trust me. I, I, I knew stuff and and really admired everything. And even to this day, I think it's cool to be living among people that. It matters that much because I feel like I'm back home. But my point to that is that she told me she was more excited for uh, Kansas football than Nebraska football, and she's pumped for Nebraska football because yeah. of everything Rule's doing. So that says a lot right there. She's not saying, oh, poo-poo on them. She's just saying she elevates one with the other because yeah. that's the excitement factor. And that, one, I about proposed again and, and remarried her. Uh, but two, that says everything. That's yeah, what it's about. You, you create you create that that interest it gets excitement and you people people show up but then how do you keep them there yes and that's the that's the parallels i see between kansas football and nebraska basketball as far as that job is you've had products here you know nebraska this year and kansas you know the last couple of years under lance leipold that's why he's getting a, a pay bump but if it gets them in the tournament then it's like yep, okay yep and then can you capitalize on that can you sustain in. that and and you know you got a lot of these guys we're coming on to schedule games. to be coming back. So, yeah, you've created something now. You, it, it took you a while to try to find that formula, but now you try to sustain it. That's the next mm-hmm. chapter. But what you're doing right now is you're giving people a reason to watch meaningful basketball with a product that's pretty damn fun at home, just like what Kansas football has provided under Lance Leipold. It's, but they're, they're both, I think, great jobs because you are given the resources, but you're also given the patience to try to build it into what you can do and make that a sustained success. Once you finally have that first breakthrough moment, can you sustain it? That's what and those programs allow you to do. We'll take care of you, fans. Absolutely. We'll support you. Yep. We got you. People, the 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 you know, big money people, you need donations for a night, we got you. Mm-hmm. How can we help? And that and that's what it's about. And that's part of the reason why we talk about the roller coaster at Nebraska basketball and the excitement of everything that's going on is because what if it does happen? How can they build off that? And even if they don't win a tournament game this year, but they get in having a chance to build off of that, mm-hmm. which they didn't really do after the 14 appearance, but having that continuity, and then you see a lot of players coming back, so you're going to have that corporate knowledge. So, no, that's a, I'm glad you made that point because I've always seen the two as parallel. Yeah, it's and again, they're the secondary sport to the type of school they are athletically, and that is you know, Kansas football is in a basketball school. Nebraska basketball is in a football school. Mm-hmm. And and that's not a bad thing. Yet, yet you, you can ha- actually yet, use that to your advantage. Yet you spend like a lot of football and basketball schools do yeah. uh you know for Nebraska being a football school the basketball program it'll spend like a basketball school mm-hmm. and vice versa for Kansas football and basketball uh when we come back more on Creighton's victory last night because there were some great takeaways and I know we spent a lot of the first hour of they just were. kind of scratching our head about what the hell was Seton Hall doing I mean but but this, the Jays were rolling too yes they were and there was a, another solid development when it comes to Creighton in the tournament that you saw last night that we'll get to. Also, Nebraska's big matchup tonight against Ohio State. And as Gary mentioned, too, we're going to be talking to Sarah Baker Hansen, get an update on the big bracket challenge with wings. Oh, I can't wait for that. Uh, Steve Sipple of the Lincoln... Oh, I almost said Lincoln Journal Star. Of On3 and Husker Online. Yes, of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, there you go. Lincoln, Justin, Nebraska native uh, Steve Sipple, or resident Steve Sipple. Uh, Justin yeah. Williams with The Athletic. He is uh, the author of Bubble Watch for The Athletic, and also Brian Edwards is all still to come here at Mornings with Sharp and 